Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, changemakers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder, recover faster, and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. Visit myatapa.com, M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com, or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code COLLAB15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-15, for a discount on your device. Hey guys, I'm Lisa. And I'm Emily. And we are the Conscious Collaboration. Minus one, our dear friend Michelle is not with us today, but she is definitely with us in spirit. So today is really exciting. We have our first guest on the show. And I am especially excited because he is a dear friend of mine. I've known him for several years. We have Shahar Kovitz, who has a bio that is fascinating enough to constitute an entire episode for sure. But given that we have lots of things to talk about today, we're going to put that biographical episode off to another time. And Shahar, how about you just give us sort of the the cliff notes? Who are you? (laughs) Who am I? (laughs) Who am I? Uh, Basically, I think the easiest way to describe me, I'm I'm a martial artist. Mm -hmm. In a way, I'm a martial artist. I'm yogi. It is something that was part of my life since, since all my life. I was born kicking. Shahar, where were you born kicking? I was born in Israel. I was born in Israel mm. and, and I was always attracted to the world of martial arts. I, it was always in my consciousness. It was something that I got into pretty young. Pretty young, I'd say. Yeah, I'd call you a prodigy. How no. old were you when you got into martial arts? I wouldn't say prodigy, but <laughs> but I've well, been I'm doing it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely better people than me. However, what I think is is unique about the way I, I practice and teach is that martial arts and yoga has been always part a main part of my practice, a main part of my teaching. I've been going to yoga ashrams. I've been the idea of meditation and Tai Chi and martial arts was always part of my life. So there was always the fighting aspect. Mm-hmm. There was always the spiritual aspect of it. So mm-hmm. that is very unique and you don't see a lot of that. Sometimes martial arts is more aggressive and very dominant and mm-hmm. masculine energy heavy. Or you do yoga and it's very feminine, mm-hmm. Lululemon pants <laughs> kind of energy. Yeah. Right? And so you don't always get the mix. But, but the thing is with spiritual practices and disciplines, they are the best when they're holistic. When you get both worlds, Absolutely. they become whole. And mm-hmm. I think that what makes my teachers and, uh, and the way I practice and train and teach 
very unique in mm-hmm. that way. And do you remember how we got connected? Yeah, I think we sat on a bench. Well, we did, we did. Yeah, you, that's right. I remember you, you came in. Just Wait, are you guys like Forrest Gump here? Are you going to tell a Forrest Gump story? Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> Waiting for the bus, there was this feather. <laughs> and a feather went by, carried in the wind. Chocolates. Well, martial arts is what martial arts it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my best Southern uh, accent I can make. Uh, I can't do more we, we can work on that. Work. I won't even try an Israeli accent. That would just be disrespectful. <laughs> so Shahar was teaching Tai Chi here at the studio for a while. And that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually what was cool. I came and the whole place was just about, was setting up the first place. So I saw the people working here. I'm like, wow, this. And I remember Emily telling me, speaking of determination, because that's part of our episode mm-hmm. Emily says oh we're opening like next week or yeah. week. I'm like you no said way. that's very ambitious <laughs> so that's I remember ambitious. it like it was yesterday <laughs> oh and my I looked gosh. at his face and I was like he doesn't have a whole lot of faith in us right now <laughs> I, my, Shahar, my did you like was, did sorry. you have like a good sense Shahar of the energy of the studio though like today it's, we it's yeah it's we really feel that from the moment I saw I saw all of them. I saw people who had a vision and they were working towards that vision. And, right. and there was no stopping them. There was slowing them down, but there's no stopping. <laughs> that was the feeling. Yeah, that's right. So our podcast is based around the premise of aligning mind, body, and business practices. Correct. You were one of the first people who came to my mind who really embodies that idea Can you expand a little bit on what that concept means to you, that concept of aligning mind, body, and business, and talk a little bit about when business came into your life, or rather when you took your skills and your learnings and started to turn them into a business? Right. And to me, the idea of business, mind, body, and this, to me, they are not different things mm-hmm. and like I don't think of them as different things because mm-hmm. they what do we mean by business business means okay we are selling something we're and what does that mean to sell something you always are selling like we we sometimes we're stuck with the, those terms like oh it's money oh it's this it has like this unhuman mm-hmm. kind of but it's all human like there's not the studio it's Emily's energy everything you see here this microphone this uh, computer Every single thing in this in this studio, it's not this studio, it's Emily's money, Emily's mm-hmm. time, Emily's work. So mm-hmm. it's you can't have one without the other. Your business is an it's just an extension of who Ooh, you are. I and like every time you go out and you sell, you're selling your work, you're selling your energy, you're selling stuff that you put your mind into. Mm-hmm. So they're not really separate, they're just part of the same things. I think we have the tendency to separate them as if like I go to work. Like, let's say a lot of people go to work and they come back home and they say, uh, they say, I don't want to work. I have a life, mm-hmm. but yeah. your work is part yeah. of your life because you're spending a lot of time in there. So you can disconnect it. Yeah. And it's a mistake to disconnect. You can go to work with the attitude of waiting for it to be over or else you're taking a huge chunk of your life and it's like you're throwing it into the garbage mm-hmm. energetically. Mm-hmm. Like it's meaningful that you go to work. It's meaningful that you have a business. It's meaningful. So you have to make it worth it. And on the flip side of the coin, if you pour all of your energy into that work and you're not filling your own cup of mind and body, you get the same disconnect. 
Right. So, so the point with the mind and body, if I'll talk a little about that, is the mind, right? The mind is the core of everything. Mm-hmm. That's where everything starts. Your thoughts, right? You had a thought and that thought manifested into a business. Mm-hmm. And the body is what is the fuel that brings that business into a material, mm-hmm. right? So without your body, you couldn't create it. Without your mind, it would never start. And a business is what kind of holds this whole thing together. So all of them together are part of the same thing that comes and roots from the mind. Mm-hmm. So you have to dedicate time. So you can put all your energy into work, but you have to heal your body. You have to heal your mind or else you're not going to do your work well. If you're not going to do your work well, it's going to hurt your mind. It's all connected. It's all the same thing. It's a cycle. Yeah. Right? It's like your brain and your heart. You think it's, it's two different, they do two different functions, but they're part of the same body and they serve the same purpose, which is to keep you alive. Yeah. So you started a martial arts school in Israel when you were fairly young. You're still very young. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't I feel that? (laughs) (laughs) You better get on the mind-body practices. Was that your first business endeavor? Yes, yes, pretty much. Always, always, always. I never had a real job in my life. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well, all my jobs were martial arts and teaching. The closest thing to going in, into an office was when I was working with my dad, I was working in the, in the storage, but martial arts, Tai Chi, I was always teaching. If I wasn't teaching that, I was always working on that. I was working with kids. When I was a kid, when I was 15, I was teaching kids. Mm-hmm. And when I was 15, I was teaching people who were much older than me. So that my longest and the most ingrained aspect of my life regarding work was always martial arts. Always that. Even now that I do something else, I help with, with my wife and her business. That's for another episode. I'm there as like a mindset coach. I'm mm-hmm. there to help and I'm using the principles of Tai Chi on martial arts and yoga to help. So it's always the same thing, just in different forms. Feeding each other. So did you have any formal or informal, you know, even like a mentor or something, business training or education or did you really just intuitively pull what you knew from yoga and martial arts to create your business well that's a very interesting question because what do we mean by training and business what is business training right. because that, that, or there's a lot there's right, a lot right. It, right there's accounting there's management there's admin and it all depends on the, the layers of your work mm-hmm. and some a lot of my work is very personal like mm-hmm. my business starts and ends with me if mm-hmm. I'm not there, there's no business. So none of it is formal. Like none of it. I'm a mm-hmm. high school graduate. Okay. <laughs> I think if both of you went to, <laughs> to college, you're smarter than me because I dropped out of college. <laughs> well, I don't think that's necessarily the, uh, the indicator for intelligence. Obviously, but... <laughs> obviously. But if it was just on paper and someone had to guess, you would mm-hmm. be smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. <laughs> However, to me, all this knowledge pretty comes from experience Mm -hmm. like you go out on the job yep you learn right you will learn more Emily you learn more by being here and having a year of your own business of putting your energy out there than going to school for you I absolutely agree I I had no business training right well you did you had a year of it (laughs) right I I had on the job yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm Sahar, I think it's so interesting that you met Emily right at the brink of uh, starting her business. And it has evolved so much since then. Oh, a lot I'm of always, people. I'm always yeah. the first, by the way. I'm, if you see also in their videos, when they just uh, promote their videos, I'm there. It's doing true. Late IG. <laughs> I'm always there to be the first in something. So yeah. I'm even here, the first guest. It's true. Well, I definitely believe that you came into my life and my universe by no accident. Oh, yeah. I, our, our teachers yeah, and our 
we've talked about this in episodes before too, you know, how you, when you see someone and you know, you need them to be your teacher and Shahar was before. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I've heard so much about you too. One thing that's coming to mind in you meeting Emily at at the startup of her business and where it is now, and it has changed so many times is I think of, and Emily, you go viral quite often now with your content and people are really taking a notice to you, I think. And I've heard a lot of comments about, you know, the idea of, okay, hitting a break in business and like really hitting into that success. And I think a lot of people don't know that there's a whole story behind where someone gets today and the iteration of where they are today. Right. There's usually years and years behind that one overnight success, right? right. Overnight was right. No years thing. long. Yeah, and no in Shahar's example, you started when you were, you know, 11. Mm-hmm. Right. right. This has been a lifelong right. thing for you. Well, that's the thing. And that's what people need to understand. There's no such thing as one large success. Overnight success. Nobody yeah. has that. No, it's never the case. It's always about those who, even those who claim they have it, it's because they kept showing up again and again. Mm-hmm. And even if you have that one success, that's not enough because you keep sh- need to show up in order to leverage it. There's no such thing. People who get a lot of success and they don't have to work for it, usually they don't get to keep it. Mm-hmm. And if they get to keep it, they don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So the truth is all major successes are small accumulated success. And this is what every business person needs to understand. Mm-hmm. Every person needs to understand that uh, success is a dynamo. You have to keep putting yourself out there and understand that success is not, uh, you can't see, but I'm doing like a trend with my hand. Mm-hmm. It's not just goes up and goes down. Like if you saw a company and you saw their finances or their success or their sales, and it was just very good, very bad, very mm-hmm. good. You would never invest in that kind of company. But if you saw it go up, there's a dip, there's goes up, there's a dip, there's goes up. And if that trend goes up, then you know that's a successful company that you want to invest in. So that's true for also people. Mm-hmm. If, if you are keep putting yourself out there and you keep having a success and you have a dip and you keep coming back and you have a success and you have a dip, you learn from your failures and you go up, you learn from your success, your successes and you go up, then your trend is going to be upwards. And that's the win. It's a cliche, but the win is not the... The goal is the journey it's because the journey. that's where you're going to spend most of your time. Because even Emily, you have success in your business. You spend most of your time building this business oh, and yeah. getting to this point. Oh, it's yeah. not someone just gave you money for nothing. <laughs> you build it up and created a space for someone to come up and give you some. So it's more important to emphasize the work and the journey because that's where you're going to spend most of your time. And so this reminds me of another conversation that Lisa and I have been having and and we were just talking about. So we are fortunate enough to be in an area of the country that has a really great sector of energetically and spiritually inclined people, if I could put it that way. But with that comes a few interesting dynamics. And one thing that we've noticed is sort of a subversion of the idea of charging what you're worth. And you see a lot of people who are latching on to this quote unquote trend of spirituality, spiritual coaching, energetic practices, and they are maybe selling or trying to sell these things for sometimes pretty exorbitant prices. And you look and you wonder, well, 
have you done that work? You know, have you, again, formal or informal, have you done any training or education or learning or practicing of what it is you're selling or coaching? Have you, you know, taken clients and worked with actual humans in this practice? What do you, what do you think? Are you seeing this? Yeah. Well, first of all, to me, from the beginning, the whole idea of worth is worth is not measured based on, ironically, not based on the value you give. Mm-hmm. If worth is only measured based on what people are willing to pay. Okay. So I can sell myself as worth $2 million. If nobody's going to buy that, I, I'm not worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's always depend on what they're willing to invest in you. So you don't get to choose your own worth in a way that you you have that worth needs to be proven in mm-hmm. the field so, yeah so yeah i can say oh i'm the best teacher i'm the best martial artist you come to me you'll be able to float and shoot lasers out, out of your <laughs> eyes i can say that and they might believe me and i say for that you have to uh you will pay me a million dollars and then they'll show up and they're not shooting lasers out of the eyes so now that's up to them <laughs> to see if that was worth it so if it's not worth it they're not going to come back so some people can create this mirage and keep it going and some people have something that can back it up so honestly the way i see it it's not necessarily about the business mm-hmm. a person like it, you, basically what you're talking about emily from what i understood it's it's a, you're talking about integrity like yeah you want to be worth yep. what you're selling but the truth is you never really know in my opinion, like you have to show up and you have to do the work. Yes. But at the same time, your worth is based on how much people are willing to invest in you. Mm-hmm. And which makes it very unique because that way you don't get to tell other people what you're worth. Well, they, I think you have to put that energy out there. And if it's come, if you get that feedback, it's like, if I went on a date, I can't tell someone on a date, you have to like me. I'm great. No, mm-hmm. I have to show her and I have to sell that. Well, and there's, I think there's a caveat to that though. That may not be as true for say a vulnerable person who might be a more likely potential client for someone who is selling spiritual or energetic related coaching. I think there's some space there for manipulation of the vulnerable. Oh, I which agree. Which is really unfortunate. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish everybody who was doing spiritual stuff and spiritual work was as committed to the work as much as they were committed to the teaching. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a bit perspective there. For example, someone can look at me. Like I train every day almost about six hours. And there's mm-hmm. like, I do a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. But someone can look at that and say, you know what? You're not training as much. Like mm-hmm. I train much more. My teacher, I think, trains more than me. Mm-hmm. So who's worth it, me or him? Like, the, again, the question is who's willing to invest in that? And like I said, I wish everybody worked mm-hmm. and put that emphasis. But the truth is it's really up to the people. And I think that's the thing we can do is shine a light and look for the right person for the clients, right? In other words, or the clients or the students. I want to put the message, not necessarily for the people who do the work, but for the people who look for trainers and coaches, mm-hmm. look for these people, look for people who do the to work that they can show it. the work, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily just here's my formal training, mm-hmm. right? You need to see that they can actually 
live up to that and you have to see someone who lives their practice mm-hmm. and that's how you know and that's also a chemistry thing sometimes mm-hmm. yeah sometimes people can of be course. great but you just we there's, don't click. there's other factors right like, tony robbins a... sounds like a very like a very successful person but i might not like he's him not, personally he's not your guy yeah. we might not be mm-hmm. friends right yeah i might not choose him not because he's there's something bad about him. he has mm-hmm. credentials up the wazoo mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to work with them because yeah, that's not my energy. Of course. That's not, that's not who I want to be. Of course. Well, and evidently her little pre-conversation that we were having, this is not a new issue or dynamic. This is an age old dynamic. In fact, there are yogic terms right. for these types of teachers, which mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of. Right. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, just by the way, and I just wanted to kind of reinforce the point I made before sorry if i'm repeating mm-hmm. myself um, and just some more martial arts related like let's say i want to learn like i would learn from mike tyson right mike tyson is a fantastic fighter okay but he might not be a great teacher okay me. and the only way i would know yeah. is if i knew him a little more and that and based on that i can make the decision whether i want to work with that coach or not so mm-hmm. honestly i think the responsibility lies on you would say the buyers, like okay. the, the students, the yeah. clients. This is where I want to put my energy, not on the teachers, because teachers can fold themselves into anything. Yeah, no, that's fair. They that's can fold personal themselves. responsibility. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. So repeat the question, sorry. I... So you were talking about the um, yogic terms for the different styles of coaches and teachers and and how much they did or did not embody the practices that they were teaching. All right. Based on the the Shivananda organization, this is where I got my training. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a name for that. They call it Sattvic. uh, Sorry, they have a Tamasic teacher. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, yogis, they have something called the three gunas, Tamas, Sattva, and Rajas. Tamas represents matter, Rajas represents energy, Sattva represents essence or God or divine. We won't go into it, but the idea is Tamasic teacher is a teacher that kind of talks about death a lot because it's the matter. So it's all about just death. It's it's like a death cult kind of teacher. It's all about, it's cynicism embodied. It's, uh, It's all about just leaving the world like that is what's common the most extreme version is a death cult you know okay. but there it can manifest in a lighter way a rajasic teacher is i think what you're discussing is about someone that presents a good show like they'll wear the, the beard they can uh, talk a great game. the buzzwords that's the buzzwords they, yeah. they know mm-hmm. how to track they know how to market but they don't really practice themselves mm-hmm. they'll talk mm-hmm. about spirituality but they won't practice it or embody it and there's a sattvic teacher, which is someone who practice what they're preaching to a certain, to a, to a percent that is decent. Mm-hmm. Like you have to practice. It's not just do a little bit, but practice it. Right? Yeah. And there's the sattvic aid. And that's something different. That's what you would call like a spiritual guru, okay. which is someone that is not just practicing, they're embodying. They live. Every single mm-hmm. thing is their practice. It's yoga. They live yoga. They breathe yoga. So to me, I like to see myself as a sattvic teacher you are i'm not the embodiment you are i I don't think so six (laughs) hours no i mean as a sattvic teacher you practicing six hours a day i practice i definitely practice what i preach i definitely practice (laughs) what i preach and a lot of times i like to teach the things i'm working on but i'm also i will i will concede that i do have rajas tendencies like i would also put on a show <laughs> well i think there's probably a difference a between process. presenting an image that you know will play well in marketing right. but if you can back it up 
Yeah, which then. is my, 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 I guess I would and say 90% sattvic, 10% rajasic. Like when, right. at my worst, I would be like that. Like I like to see myself as here's me at my best, here's me at my worst. And at my best, I'm energetic, I'm positive, and I'm, I'm focused. Mm-hmm. At my worst, I'm absent-minded, I'm lazy, and I'm, I'm cynical. So when I have a good strong practice, when I do my meditation, this is where I am. I'm higher. Mm-hmm. And when I don't do it, I'm there. I can start seeing those sprouts coming up. And this kind of brings us back to what I was talking about, about uh, cultivation. It's kind of what we want to talk about determin- determination, mm-hmm. right? Emily, when you worked here and created your space, if you didn't take care of your own energy, the space would have manifested in a bad way. You wouldn't attract people, but mm-hmm. because you come up, because you show up, because you did the work, because you put the love into it, that will attract the people. Yeah. So I'm not worried about coaches, kind of back to what I was talking about mm-hmm. before. I'm not worried about coaches who don't back their, themselves up because they will crush on their own. Yeah. Because I, they don't I do agree. the work. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you don't do the work, you're going to crash mm-hmm. or I expose agree. it one day. Well, I think it's a pretty high level of self-awareness you have there with being able to say, at my best, I am this. At my worst, I am this. And I'm going to be the Segway queen for a moment. You don't say Segway. <laughs> Emily, you don't say Segway. Dang it, I'm it. It's, it's, a thing, it's a thing now. So just accept it's the same thing every episode. Emily, Emily shot an axe <laughs> and got a bullseye. Oh, I did. And instead of just acting, oh, I, know. I do that every day. She turned around, waved her fist and like, yeah. Bummer, like I was wanting you to cool. be so proud of me. And he's like, you should have played it cooler. You should have like, played it Damn cooler. it, I should have. You had that opportunity. You should have said like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Right. Next time. I will. There will be a next time. So you don't say a segue, <laughs> you just segue. All right. So with that, that level of self-awareness is pretty high, I would say. Does that come in handy? And do you ever experience the, the issue of imposter syndrome in your business, particularly maybe when you're leveling up or increasing your prices or getting a new level client or something yeah. to that degree? Can you come back to that self-awareness and sort of get yourself out of that? Or do you experience it? How does that work? Out right. So kind of to bring it back to where we started, when you asked me, where does my training come from? A lot of it mm-hmm. came from my wife. And mm-hmm. my wife is my biggest inspiration regarding mm-hmm. business or anything material. Because for me, it was I just want to do it for free. I just want to go out in the world. I want to practice and train. And I want everybody to have it. So why should I charge for it? I don't like the idea of charging for it. And it took me a long time to understand the value of that and to understand my own worth. Because mm-hmm. I used to even make the joke. And my wife hated that joke. I said, like, you can, I did a donation-based class. And I said, you can put, you can put $5, $20, you can put $100, you can put rocks. And, <laughs> and that was my joke. And she hated it. She said, don't ever tell people to put rocks instead of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you are putting your time, you're putting your mm-hmm. effort. And that money is a representation of time and effort. Mm-hmm. So if you are worth it, and you're worth more than that, then you should put that, you should not even joke about that in that case. And I agree with her. Because Regarding imposter syndrome, there's something about us, especially if we're very self-aware, we have this tendency to think if we're good people, we're not going to celebrate ourselves because we consider that cocky, we consider Mm. that. But the truth is, it's not objective to just look at yourself in negative ways and selling yourself short, right? The objective way, it's kind of the glass half full, glass half empty. I always claim the glass half empty is the pessimistic is the wrong way to look at life because it's not objective. Because by yeah. definition, it doesn't exist. 
Mm-hmm. You can't look on what you don't have. Mm-hmm. You can't look, go around and say, oh, I'm not good enough at this. I'm not good at meditation enough. I'm not getting enough money. I'm not getting, this is the half glass empty, but there's nothing. You and can... it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> right. And also you can't do anything about something you don't have. Mm-hmm. By definition, you don't have it. Therefore, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't use it. But what you can do is think about the stuff you do have. You have a space. You have your training. You have the ability to go online. You have the ability to put yourself out there. You have the ability to reach out to people. And if you're not charismatic, okay, what do you do have? Can you actually learn that? Do you have people in your life that you can learn and study from them? Like, can you put yourself in an environment of people who are successful? And that is much more objective. Mm-hmm. So the glass half full is a much more objective way of looking at your life because it's real. It's what you have. Mm-hmm. So if you want to deal with imposter syndrome, don't look at the things you don't have. Look at the things you do have and cultivate Ooh, it. I like that. Right? Think of a mm-hmm. farmer that walks around and say, oh, I don't have avocados. I don't have bell peppers. I, don't, I only have these seeds of avocados and bell peppers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if only I had bell peppers. Yeah. How about you plant them? Yeah. <laughs> what you do have and start cultivating mm-hmm. and watering it and putting in the work and the spiritual work in a positive way. And you'll get those bell peppers. Yeah. But you have to work with what you have, not what you wish you had. Yeah. Well, that that was one of the things I remember Michelle saying in our imposter syndrome episode was just start, just do something. (laughs) And we were also musing in that episode that perhaps imposter syndrome was worse or more prevalent in women. What do you think about that? In feminine energy that Mm -hmm. is more dominant Mm -hmm. and obviously it depends on the person right sure but in general in general the idea like woman would carry more feminine energy by by definition that's there is a reason they decided in chinese they call it masculine and feminine because it's what manifests most in a most general area so the idea i would say feminine energy tends to take things in Mm -hmm. like water energy tends to Mm -hmm. take in it takes to it's receptive it's reactive yep so that's why uh, a lot of generalizing, but a lot of women, for example, they remember stuff better than men. And it's not because their brain is a different brain. It's the same brain, but because... Arguable. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that they would connect a, an event with a feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you connect an event with a feeling, you're more likely to remember it. And I have that conversation with my wife. I say something and she says, she reminds me of it. And I go, I don't remember it. And she goes, she goes, I remember it because I felt A, B, C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so feminine energy tends to receive and react. Right. So like I said, because you are more likely to criticize yourself, because that's what you deem to be the, the moral good, because that's your way of being a better person. If you have very high feminine energy, you would do that more. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you will have more imposter syndrome to people who are more feminine women. So do you think that... But everybody can experience that. Because I would consider you as having a very good balance of masculine and feminine energies, as is really intended. Do you think that that... I have my moments, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and I, I find it interesting that then Katie, your wife is actually the one to she's more masculine than me sort of snap you out of that so <laughs> how else do you think that that masculine and feminine interplay affects your business decisions so regarding masculine and feminine energy we both have it right the, the reason i use that term just for everybody who is clear understand what we're talking we're talking mm-hmm. about types of energy it's like saying 
uh, something that goes up, that's male. Something goes down, that's female, right? It's right. not necessarily Gender. connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not, not necessarily connected. That's just the way it manifests. It's the yin and the yang. It's translated that way. So it is connected to that because that's how they saw things. So masculine energy means you are activating. You're activating, you're reaching, you're, mm-hmm. you're promoting, you mm-hmm. are putting yourself out there, you're going, you're getting. It's a hunting energy. And feminine energy is I'm reacting, cultivating. So whatever I get, I cultivate. So if I make business decisions, I have to ask myself when it's time to push masculine and when it's time to cultivate, to take what I have and cultivate it. It's like, do I go and get new students? So I take the students I have now and cultivate them properly. And I can't do both at the same time, but I can, in this moment, reach out to students and be the masculine energy and then let it go and work with my students I already have reaching out, cultivating, let, mm-hmm. let them feel more like that, giving that sensation, like community, like here, I know you're here, you're not just a client. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's times to do A, there's times to be, do yeah. B. And what's unique about Tai Chi and martial arts from my experience is it teaches you you have to learn when. You can't punch when someone punches you at the same time because you'll get punched. You're both going to get hit. You can't defend when the other person defends. You have to learn when it's time to attack, when there's an opening, and you have to learn when it's time to move and when to defend. And you have, working with that feminine and masculine energy alternatively, constantly. Well, and I was going to say that that reminds me of Tai Chi because there was always... The pendulum always swung the other way. It was an ebb and flow. And I noticed that I feel most, I don't know, successful or comfortable are the two first words I think of. I don't really love either of them, but I feel most successful in my business when I really, not just in the flow, but when I'm really on that ebb and flow, when I can take action for a little while. And then I can receive right. for a little while. So yeah, that's exactly the point. Then mm-hmm. to make everything I just said just shorter, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is possible, <laughs> that's something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And is when you are balanced, that's why the work is important. When you are spiritually balanced, you can notice the differences between when it's time to push and when it's time to pull. It's like being on a date with someone. You don't just talk all the time. You have to also listen or any communication you have with a human being, mm-hmm. you will learn. And the better listener you are, you know when it's time to ask, when it's time to listen and that back and forth. So the healthier person you are, you're better at it, you will be. Mm-hmm. And so Har, I like how you're describing energy too and your understanding of it. So what I'm hearing a lot of words are the relationship of energy and the exchange. And as we talk about business too, I wrote down, I'm not sure if you said it or if it came to my mind, but the idea or concept of, a conduit. When you are a business energy, you are a conduit of all of your experiences and knowledge and that emanate. And therefore that's your broadcasting or marketing to those who your students who are going to find you or seeking you as a teacher or your clients. Can you tell me a little bit too about your idea? Elaborate a little bit more on your idea of living successfully and happy, the idea and energy of abundance. So abundance, that's, there was a, a few things you asked there. I'm kind of trying to, I'm kind of formulating in my head that, so abundance, starting with abundance, abundance comes in many forms and abundance is always there. 
you have to, it kind of brings me back to what I said about the glass half full. If you constantly look at things you don't have, you're going to live in scarcity. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have it and you're not going to attract it because your mind, you know, that feeling when you, you have a car, let's say you bought like a red Honda or something. And so every time you're going to see that car in the road, you're going to recognize it. Why? Because it's connected to you. It's, it's the same phenomenon that men have when their wife is pregnant. Suddenly they see more pregnant people. It's not because all the pregnant Everybody's people pregnant. were, yeah. all the pregnant people were invisible. At that point. <laughs> but it, because your mind is there, you start seeing there. So you're more likely to see pregnant women. So if your mind is constantly thinking of what you don't have, that's what you're going to see. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking here about a lot of spiritual woo woo stuff, mm-hmm. right? Which I love, but I'm talking here really based on people's behavior when yeah. you're, and by the way, this is a common thing. If we're segueing into our self-defense, one of the common things about people are victims of abuse. They are more likely to attract abusive people to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not magic. It's body language. It's energy. It's what they're putting out there. It's the, what they're looking. It's what they're, it's the type of people they attract to them because your body language, you're slouching, you, you project the energy of a victim mm-hmm. and abusers and victimizers, they'll feel it. It's like a predator, right? Because it's like an narrow. invitation to them. Yeah. Right, right. There's really, if, yeah. you go, if you go to the jungle and you see a, a, like a wolf, if you act like a big prey, they might reconsider and say, mm-hmm. might not be worth it. I'm not hungry enough to mm-hmm. fight this person. But if you run away immediately, their instincts, whether they're aware of it or not, it's going to come up. They're going to chase you no matter what, because you are projecting victim. Mm-hmm. And it's biological. It's instinctual. It's not even something they think about. And that's true for humans. We, if you speak to a person and they're slouching, soft-spoken, that's a body language. They're not saying anything, but their body is. And you can read it and you can feel it. That's why people end up in the, in the cycles of abuse. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because I have had the pleasure of learning directly from you what I feel is a pretty unique self-defense methodology. I know you work in a lot of the Tai Chi concepts, so I want to talk a little bit more about that. I wonder if perhaps Lisa has a bit to add on, uh, you know, why that self-defense knowledge would be valuable, maybe anything you've experienced in your life. So who should go first, me or Lisa, in this case? I'll let you I feel like you're looking at me hardcore right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me, let me, I'll describe first, if that's okay. okay. Yes, but yeah. I'll describe first, like, what do I think is unique about my methodology? Yes. What I think is unique is, it's, uh, what's unique about, my practice and my teaching is that I don't just see it one dimensionally. I don't like the idea of going into a self-defense class and thinking, okay, you have to fight for your life. It's an aggressive, like Krav Maga mm-hmm. attitude. It's always a bald guy who yells mm-hmm. at you. Well, again, nothing wrong with it. I understand why they're doing it. It's forging through fire, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. And it can't be just a Tai Chi, you know, Steven Seagal, Aikido kind of thing. Oh, just think spirituality and hope for the best. Like it's not that. It has to be. <laughs> no. It has to be both. You have to show people when it's time to push and when it's time to be aggressive. And Emily, you do, do that very well, right? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> too well. We just when, roll. When I should be more flowing like water. Exactly. We're just rolling. Like I showed her like what to do if someone like grabs you and roll around with you. And 
and she swung at me. Like, thank God. <laughs> thank God I have my instincts. <laughs> my arms were up. But she swung. I and believe I knew it. If my hands were not there, she's getting there. But so there's time for that. And like Emily said, there's times to let go because you wasted a lot of energy that yeah, way also. That's my biggest feedback. Right. Yeah. So there's time to conserve energy, this time to push. So that's something I believe is very unique. So there's a lot of friendly mm-hmm. energy, but strong energy. Like to be strong, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to lose mm-hmm. that feminine energy. Well, and in fact, I remember you pointing out in the very, very, very beginning that you should just assume that the person who is attacking you is bigger, faster, stronger, maybe even a little smarter. Right, right. <laughs> and by the way, that's, that, that's the right way to look at it. Mm-hmm. So I believe that it's, that balance is important because you can be dominant without losing that feminine energy. You can learn how to cultivate and be a better listener without losing your masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Like they're both are very strong when they work together and they complement each other. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. times to be aggressive. And there's times to be, be sensitive, to be active. There's to be reactive. So that's something I think is unique. Now, full disclosure, that makes it harder. Yeah. Like, honestly, that this is the most honest thing I would say about my business. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, like, if you want to, if you want to go out and do like four classes and be able to just kick something in the nuts, <laughs> go Krav Maga. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn something that is more holistic, that takes a little more like from you, like it like will develop you in ways that is more well-rounded. Yeah. Than, than do, just do all me. aggression. Me, yes. me, <laughs> a couple and, of things that are coming to mind as you're talking too, as we're talking about mind and body and business. And although I'm not practicing martial arts, <laughs> a lot of the energies you described immediately painted the picture of having to assert boundaries. And that can happen a lot in, in the relationships of business too, because as we go back, it's all about relationships. So whether it's with your business partners or with clients or students or mentors, there are boundaries and talking about that scarcity mindset too. So when the pendulum swings too much one way or too much the other way, it's too yin or too yang. When we get into imbalances, it can be be both, right? It it can be both and and can cause a diminished energy in your, in yourself. So you're not showing up whole in your business or in your personal life. So that idea of being able to assert boundaries and how you're speaking and presenting yourself, but also asserting boundaries to protect your own energy so that you're nourished and whole and can show up hundred percent your best self feels really relevant to your idea um, of what you're describing in martial arts. That's like the martial arts of. Right. I think it's like a very interesting metaphor for self-defense. Right. Like sometimes like pushing self-defense, but I think learning it in that way can very well carry over into effectively asserting boundaries within business and life and relationships that is not so aggressive that you don't actually achieve what you're trying to achieve and you just alienate everybody. But, you know, you do effectively protect yourself and protect your energy, so to speak. Right. So to that point, I would address the idea that that's why when you do a discipline of any kind, like I said before, if you just want to kick someone in the nuts, there's plenty of places that will teach you that. Mm-hmm. You'll do it very well, and uh, which I, I can teach it, but it's not something I want. But there's something about having a holistic discipline that mm-hmm. approaches something from many different ways that makes it stronger because it works together. It's not just one dimensional. It's not just one aspect of it. So the idea of the self-defense, and that's why I like to teach that way, is because 
you're not just learning self-defense. This mm-hmm. is going to be manifesting into your life. This is going to be manifesting to who you are. Your life is not going to change as a byproduct of it. You are changing your life by doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that is an aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Right? So regarding boundaries, that is very important because boundaries means you need to know yourself. And we, like I said, we have this tendency, especially if you have more feminine energy that is more dominant, we all like to think of ourselves as good people. And I think that's a universal truth because I believe everybody, even if they're the most horrible people, they like to think of themselves as good. Even psychopaths do that. They, they will say, I will torture and I will kill because this is what the world needs. They will convince themselves mm. that they're good. So I believe that is one of the strongest motivators for people. So when you are encountering someone who want to be in your space or kind of wants your time. And so because you like to think of yourself as a good person, you, you want to give it because your instinct is to give it. And especially if you're more feminine, more water dominant, you will say like, okay, I'll give it to you because I can handle it, right? It's the healer attitude of if you're in the water drowning, I'll jump with mm-hmm. you. But the truth is even lifeguards understand it. You, if someone struggling to stay afloat, you don't reach out to them until they're tired because they will drag you down with them. Mm. So the idea of boundaries is to understand that you need to understand yourself and you need to understand your limitation and also understand that you can help more by cultivating your own space. So giving yourself time to sleep will help you be a better person tomorrow. And to understand it's not about selfishness. It's not about, oh, I'm more important than you. It's if you actually care about other people, you need to take care of you. That's the number one idea of all doctors that they learn. Like, you can't help anyone if you're sick, right? Right. So what was that? It's like the metaphor of if you're one healthy doctor, you can take care of hundred people. If you're a sick doctor, you need a hundred healthy people to take care of you. And that's the, every healer's worst night. And so if you actually care about people and you want to be a good person, take care of yourself first, define your boundaries. Mind, that way you can help people. Body, business. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> high-fiving you guys across. That was really beautiful. I love that. And also Shahar, so I know you're, you're well-practiced and you've been immersed in the five earthly elements. Do you have, and what are the five earthly elements that you practice in martial arts? So here's the thing, if we're getting, getting technical, I don't want to bore anyone, God forbid, but there's the four elements, all right? That's the ones that usually people know. It's the fire, earth, air, and, and water, but that's more to describe a foundational type of energy. The five energies in the world of martial arts, Kung Fu, they talk about transitional energies, the way the same energy manifests in a different way. So the energy of wood will be the energy of earth and the energy of earth will be the energy of fire, which will be the energy of... So the five, it kind of looks like a, you call it a pentagram? That's the mm-hmm. five? Yes. Okay, so it's how energy shifts. So the same energy can come from the core, which is fire, and will shift its properties with fire, uh, metal, with the fire, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay, so again. There's a relationship the between the energies as you see it. The okay. same water, like if we take a glass of water, we add heat, it will turn into steam. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the same water, but it, mm-hmm. it changed its property. So based so, on the interaction. So the core would be the water. So that would be the four. 
And the fire will be the way it's manifest, the same way, the way the water manifests. And again, this is your specialty. So this is the feng shui stuff. So you tell me well, if I'm in the ballpark. You're, you are in the ballpark. We, we study the same creative and, and constructive and destructive cycles, a little bit different energies, whereas you have air and we have metal. So we do have a little well, bit. We different. have metal as well. That's my point. Like the air is the type of energy. Yes. The metal would be the way it will manifest. We're, okay, so so yes, so we have the same five elements there that are reacting and always influencing one another. So there's that constructive or creative cycle that you can get in and then the destructing right. or diminishing. Yeah. But I like to describe it. It's so for layman's terms for yeah. people who don't know nothing about this, right? Yes. The, the Emily's of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I like how you're describing the, the transformation of the elements um, feeding into one another or nourishing off one another to transform into a right. different element. The, the way I like to see it, to think of it like a play. So, so this is for mm-hmm. everyone who's listening. We're talking about the elements and energies. Think of a play. A play has different characters, right? The protagonist can be represented by the energy of fire. That's their purpose. They're there to have a call of adventure. They need to achieve something in the play. And then you have the director, it can be the earth. That's the person that cultivates the space. Then you have the comic relief. That's the air element guy. That's the person who takes you away a little bit out of of the show to give you kind of like this, it's self-deprecating joke about it. So it kind of gives you that levitation. You have the water that can be the side character, the person who is is supposed to support the protagonist. So Mm -hmm. those are all actors, but every character is not one dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, a protagonist that is just like, you know, Liam Neeson, uh, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. I'll find you. <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with it, but it's kind of, if he, if he did that without wanting to save his daughter, we wouldn't want to watch it. It's just boring, right? Okay. If you remember the old seventies action, that's what it was. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Neeson in the movie Taken, they, he's protecting his daughter. So it has an extra element of water in it. Mm-hmm. So that same fire energy has manifested in a way of water. So that would be the five. So that same fire protagonist, Liam Neeson, will be water because he loves his daughter mm-hmm. and he will love it because of his core is fire. And then it will be metal and focus and threaten the guy. Hey, I have a special uh, set of skills. It was <laughs> <laughs> like that. But then he will go, it will be the fire. He'll be the fire with the extra fire of like driving a car and killing people. And then it'll be water and dodging. Like that will be the manifestation. It will be the wood, like so. That's so these manifestations of energies, do you visualize them in different martial arts tactics or strategies, or does one person embody one element more than another? So I would look at it this way. For example, if I approach a fight and I'm fighting a person, I'm not just fighting a robot. I'm fighting a personality, a human with their own emotions, their own life, their own beliefs, their own, it's, it's a mind thing, right? I feel their body language. I look at their eyes. I look what they're looking like. Are they looking down? Are they looking at me? Are they sizing me up? Are they focused? Are they not focused? So I'm, I'm seeing a personality. And that personality can have a very dominant expression. It can be like a Mike Tyson fella, which is very fire. That person comes in, looks you straight in the eye and says, I'm going to kill you. All right, that's fire. That's the core. That's definitely fire, yeah. But if you see him fight, he's not just fire. He's not just running towards punches. He dodges, he moves, he attacks, and then he moves from another spot and then attacks again. So that fire manifests as well as water. So there's the personality of the person and how it will present itself. And then there's how it will manifest in the time. That's why the five, and again, this is, again, I hope we're not boring people, but that's why the five 
is the way energy is transformed the destructive and the creative right that's mm -hmm. transformed from one shape into another we should do another episode collab of feng shui and martial arts <laughs> and the different uh concepts you can take from that shahar where can people find you if they want to learn more from you well just open the window <laughs> just wish really hard into the stars and i'll show up but careful i might be showering at the same time <laughs> the best way to find me honestly facebook is the best way it's saint p tai chi and martial arts group i kept it very simple we teach every saturday in the park out in the open i love doing that i teach at the body electric I teach at the studio because they're going to do a self-defense course soon. Yes, uh, keep your eyes peeled. I will be there. We're going to do, I uh, hope we'll do another whole thing just about that so we can promote that. But Absolutely. So honestly, Facebook is the best way. And I know you're not really utilizing this too much, but if I have anything to do with it, we can change that a little bit. You do have an Instagram. So for the people, what is your Instagram? God, I don't even remember. I'll I, find use, it. I use it so little. <laughs> people and, on the By the way, that's my fault. I find Instagram. <laughs> and before we let you go, Shahar, is there one short story that you can tell us of what students or um, anyone who participates in any of your programs, uh, what type of transformations do you see in your um, students? I always see those transformations. It's very fun because the people who come are always attracted to my core energy, which is water, water and air. So it's people who are more spiritual, people who are nonviolent in their nature. It's people who are conflict averse. Weird. Why do I like you? First of all, you are a healer. Just you are you are a nurse. I got a rep to protect. <laughs> so that's not accurate completely. Okay. But and you are a spiritual person, and you're a healer, and you care, and you love. She's it. a Gemini. There's many, many, many tribes. Yeah, true. You're also a mommy. That's a lot of water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fine. No, that, by the way, that water, not to go on a tangent, but that water, Duga, for those who don't know, that's the Hindu goddess manifestation of Shiva mm -hmm. that manifests as fire. That's a tiger. That's a lot of red, mm -hmm. a lot of fire energy there, but it's still feminine. So transformation regarding my students. So like I said, a lot of students who come to me are, are very highly conflict averse because they're attracted to my energy. That's, that's me. <laughs> but they learn how to not be afraid of their own fire, not be afraid to be strong, not be afraid to put your energy out there. And I've seen that happen countless times. Uh, one of my first students, he social worker, it was the, the sweetest guy. And his energy, when it came out as fire, and that's the thing with people are more timid, right? Dogs are like that. A scared dog is an aggressive dog, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if you're timid, your fire is going to manifest mm -hmm. in the most harmful way. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you're confident, you're, you, you have more control over your fire and you, you can cultivate it. So that student, when he was angry, it used to manifest in a self-harm way, which a lot of other people do that. They take the harm to themselves rather than outside. So I taught him how to fight. I taught him how to present himself. And I, I showed him that it's okay to get hit and you can move on. And by the way, now I, it's not just me, obviously, I'll take credit for everything. <laughs> he now he has his own private practice. He's out there. He's taking charge of his life. Nice. And it's not the first time I heard a story like that. Students say, you know, you, you give me inspiration. I, it's, I'm not afraid of going out there. And that's because they go out and I show them that your fire doesn't have to corrupt you. You can mm -hmm. be dominant and you don't have to lose a part of yourself, which is what happens to a lot of them. 
they start very aggressive when they're young and they hurt a lot of people, especially themselves. Mm. And then they shut down that fire for good and yeah. they grow up like that. And so I show them like, no, that fire is a good thing, but you have to cultivate it. Fire management. <laughs> so by the way, that will confuse people, make pe- business people think, <laughs> right. oh, it's how you manage people you fire. Right, right. <laughs> well, you could apply it to that. <laughs> so if you like that style of transformation that Shahar is describing and you are interested in working with him or following him or knowing him, I did locate his Instagram. Yeah, yeah I do. So I maybe do if he gets that, a bunch of followers from this, I'll have no I did post to something today. On his By the way, I just posted something today about managing your own energy oh, and perfect. celebrating your win. So it's perfect. cool we're talking about it. Segway so handle is just simply his name, Shahar Kovitz. S H A. Well, it's also my the middle name, right? Or I don't know. No, nope, this is your handle. Got it. Giving old, Instagram. I'm an old man. <laughs> <in the young body. laughs> so S H A H A R K O V E T Z is his Instagram. Shahar Kovitz. Yes. Very easy to learn. Very easy to spell. Everybody gets my name perfectly right on the first time. Every time. <laughs> Just no, like mine. No, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody called me Sean. Nobody called me Zahir, Zahara. No, <laughs> never. Shahar Kovetz means sunrise and blacksmith. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow, I really like that. And I found oh, you right away. Cool. One in Hungary. In Hungarian, that's the, the blacksmith. And one in Hebrew means uh, sunrise. Though, I won't get into it, but. Kovetz is actually a Hebrew word, which means file, like compiling a lot of things together. Mm. But the Hungarian version of it is Kovac, which means blacksmith. Okay. Cool. Very nice. Well, this is wonderful. I found you. And um, now we are connected on Instagram and I can't wait to have you back because I feel like I need to yeah. have more energetic conversations with you. <laughs> we, we could make volumes out of this. Yes. One, but thank you so much for coming in and being our first guest. I think that this conversation will prove to have some very valuable insight for our listeners. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. And I'm always here. If you have to force me to stop talking, if I start <laughs> anytime, I'll I just sucker punch here. you. <laughs> I love being here. I love talking about these stuff there. It's my life and I like living it. So yeah, I, if I'm not doing it, I'm not, of, I'm not doing my life. <laughs> one of my most valued teachers for sure. Sadvik. <laughs> Sadvik all the way. With 10% of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always got to have a little, little balance. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, as always, be sure to like, share, subscribe, check out our other episodes and hit us up in our DMs at the Conscious Collaboration Podcast on Instagram or in our email at ConsciousCollaborationPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know any questions you have, any questions you might have for Shahar and any future topic ideas are greatly appreciated yes this has been so much fun i'll talk to you guys soon and we'll yeah we'll talk to you in five minutes talk to you in five minutes <laughs> see, guys. see everyone do come <laughs>
at Conscious Collaboration Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible, to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment, mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at ConsciousCollaborationPodcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.